Autoimmune diseases are on the rise, with over 100 identified conditions that can affect every part of the body. But after an often lengthy and difficult diagnosis process, many who receive an autoimmune diagnosis feel lost, overwhelmed, and alone. Coming up on the show today, we have two inspiring women who have walked the path of autoimmune disease and found healing through lifestyle changes, things like diet and movement. But they say the most powerful medicine was community, which led them to create a supportive space for those dealing with autoimmunity to find empowerment, resources, and connection. They believe autoimmunity can actually be a guiding light to optimal health and living a vibrant life if you have the right mindset and support. We'll be hearing their stories, getting suggestions for those newly diagnosed, and finding out how we can all create ripple effects of positive change when it comes to chronic illnesses like autoimmunity. Hello and welcome to the Over 50 Health and Wellness Show. I'm your host, Kevin English. I'm the founder of The Silver Edge, and our mission is to help you build and maintain a lean, healthy body that you love for the rest of your life so that you can show up in the second half of your life as the healthiest, strongest, most vital version of yourself. We have a great show for you today. Cassandra Carpenter and Noelle Creamer are here, and they're going to help us understand and overcome autoimmune issues. If you or a loved one is struggling with an autoimmune condition, stick around. This episode is jam-packed with information and inspiration to get you onto the path of optimal health. My guests today are Noelle Creamer and Cassandra Carpenter. Noelle is a board-certified health and wellness coach, and her own diagnosis with a rare autoimmune disease sparked a passion for integrative health and helping others achieve well-being. With determination and a gluten-free cakewalk approach, Noelle shatters barriers so people can easily navigate the path to optimal health. Cassandra is a certified nutritional therapy practitioner, and after being diagnosed with several mystery illnesses herself, she went on a journey of lifestyle changes and alternative modalities to find healing. She now brings humor, self-compassion, and curiosity to her mission of helping others thrive with autoimmunity. Together, these two have created a business called Brightly Thrive, a supportive community for those with autoimmune conditions. I started out our interview by asking Noelle why she's so passionate about helping people with autoimmune issues. Sure. So my story actually began in about 2018, and I just out of the blue started to experience some really mysterious type symptoms, really challenging symptoms, and I just sort of panicked. I had no idea what was going on. It kind of shook my world. It kind of just threw me for a loop and just went searching for answers, saw multiple different doctors, hospital visits, all sorts of things like that to figure out what was happening. And then finally, I was actually diagnosed by an ENT who I was having major sinus issues and just all kinds of stuff that was happening. And he actually suspected that I had this autoimmune disease. And 
sent me for lab work and it came back positive that I was diagnosed with this disease called Wag- Wagner's granulomatosis is the old name. The new name is granulomatosis with polyangenitis, which sounds like <laughs> a mouthful and tells you absolutely yeah. nothing about what the disease is, right? Which is a whole complicated issue with autoimmune. And I, at the time, had no idea what autoimmune disease was. And that really kind of just sent me down a path of researching all about autoimmune and how to help my body heal. And interestingly enough, when I first visited the rheumatologist that I was referred to, I kind of broke down in his office. I I started crying. I was so scared and just frantic about what life was going to look like. And that doctor said to me, well, you know, at least you don't have cancer. And I just remember how devastated I was in the healthcare system that here is this doctor that I'm supposed to trust. And I'm not knocking conventional medicine at all. It saved my life. But it just the lack of support, the lack of kind of empathy around autoimmune disease is is really huge. And so that moment really empowered me to take matters into my own hands and dive down this rabbit hole of research, how to heal my own body holistically and apply all these different strategies to start kind of recovering from this nasty autoimmune disease. Okay. So just Cassandra, before we get to your story here, I just want to back up a little bit. You mentioned that back in 2018, you started having these symptoms. Mm -hmm. Specifically, what kind of symptoms were you having? What were you feeling? What was going on? Yeah. So I started having symptoms of just a lot of sneezing, a lot of uh, sinus issues, as gross as it sounds, horrible bloody noses. All kind, I'd be in the grocery store and my nose would be bleeding and people would be looking at me like, what is wrong with you? So just real crazy things like that. Headaches, night sweats, major, major fatigue. And as time went on, as the months went on, things just started to get worse and worse and worse. I lost hearing in my left ear. I was super dizzy, nauseous, you name it. The list, the list goes on. So it was terrifying to be quite honest. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. And at at any point during that, were you linking these symptoms together? Because I mean, a bloody nose and losing hearing and dizziness. And were, did you, were you imagining that this was all one cause or were you just, I, I imagine it had to be a scary time for you, right? Yeah, I really, I really wasn't. I knew something was wrong and I knew that things were getting worse and I knew that I had to find answers quickly. And luckily for me, I was diagnosed within about four months of the onset of my symptoms. And typically with autoimmune Mm. disease, the statistics show that it takes about four and a half years for someone to actually get diagnosed. So I am super, super fortunate in that aspect that I was able to get that diagnosis quickly and also start conventional medicine um, intervention where I was on medication, I was on steroids, I had to do chemotherapy type infusions, all of those things to help me get to a place where then I could start to really apply all of these holistic strategies with my nutrition and all of the lifestyle changes to really help accelerate that path to healing. And so, yeah, it's been quite the journey. Yeah, yeah, I bet it certainly sounds like it. And I I am excited to dig into that holistic healing journey, but we're going to spend a lot of time there. Before we get there, Cassandra, what's what's your story? How did you end up here? Yeah, so my story is starts a little bit further back than Noel's. During childhood, I had a lot of digestive issues in and out of the ER, and as I got older, they just continued to get worse. 
And in my 20s, I got pregnant with my first baby. And it was during that time that my symptoms really, really just became almost uh, debilitating. So being pregnant and having all of these issues with my digestion, it just compounded the pregnancy. And once I had him, then my immune system started to kick in because when you're pregnant, your immune system typically wants to cooperate in order to have a ha- you know happy, healthy pregnancy. And so when once I had him, my immune system just went haywire and my symptoms like exponentially increased. So I have something called idiosymptomatic gastroparesis. Uh, they don't know what the cause is. Typically, gastroparesis is usually associated with people that have diabetes. Mine, I don't have diabetes. But really what that consists of is, um, it's going to be really gross, but vomiting multiple times a day. My stomach does not churn food the way a normal person's stomach is. And the, the way we found out was through multiple, multiple doctor's visits. I didn't get a diagnosis for about four years. And once I did, it was through a gastric emptying scan. So they give you a little bit of radioactive eggs or radioactive oatmeal. You take that and then you let lie on a table and they they basically watch to see how long it takes the food to empty from your stomach. So typically something like that would take someone about two hours to empty from their stomach into the small intestine. Four and a half hours later, the stuff was still in my stomach. So mm. when you have that going on, the food begins to ferment inside of your stomach and it produces a lot of gas. It produces a lot of... Um, acid, and then you end up vomiting it out because it's not going south, it's going to come up north. So again, like with Noelle's story, not a lot of support, just got the diagnosis. They put me on a really powerful, powerful drug called Reglin, which has some crazy side effects, uh, which include, you know, things like, you know, it stimulates your nervous system, it stimulates your vagus nerve, which helps control your stomach. So it's not just affecting one part of your body. I, I literally felt like I was crawling out of my skin. And so I couldn't take that. And then there was other drugs that came along. I was even getting them outside of the U.S. because a lot of them weren't FDA approved for my condition. And yeah. And then after being on the maximum dosages of basically all the drugs that they could throw at it, they told me that I basically needed to get a feeding tube put in. And so at the time, I was only 34 And I I had a four-year-old son. And to me, that was just not an option because typically when you have gastroparesis and you get fitted with a feeding tube, you don't walk your way backwards towards normal digestion. Mm. It just continually gets worse because of how you're fueling your body at that point. You're kind of eliminating the whole mouth to the stomach process. And so your body becomes reliant on what you're doing with the feeding tube. So yeah, for me, that was not an option. That was the starting point for me to start digging into how I could deal with my autoimmune condition and heal from it. Wow. Okay. So here's here's my question. That before we start digging into autoimmunity, what it is and its causes and types, all that fun stuff, you both look pretty hale and healthy here. The <laughs> folks on YouTube can see the podcast podcast folks aren't looking at you because Andrew, clearly you don't have that I can see a feeding nope, tube in you. Nothing up here. <laughs> <laughs> feeding tube free. Are you both are you both cured? Are you in remission? How do you talk about this? Where are you on the journey? How does it look? look like for people like you that have gone on this path of healing? Where are you? How do you describe that? 
Yeah, I think um, it's always a journey, right? Mm -hmm. Like your health and taking care of yourself, it's an ongoing journey. It becomes a part of your lifestyle. It becomes a part of what you what you do, you live, you breathe, you eat. Um, we don't have a cure for what we have, but we have been able to put it into remission. And that's with a lot of hard work, with a lot of um, dedication to the process, but also making micro changes instead of trying to dive into it all at once as well. So yeah, I mean, the way we talk about it is we haven't healed ourselves. We're on a uh, an evolving healing journey. There's always something to work on. Mm -hmm. I don't know, Noel, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it. And, you know, for me, it's it's a big mindset thing. So I like to tell myself that, that you know, that my disease is, is dormant, right? That it's it's gone, it's dormant, it's not coming back. And I tell myself that so that every cell in my body is listening to that message. But as Cassie mentioned, it's not something that I think, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm healed. So life goes on. <laughs> no, that's a daily practice. It's always learning. It's always evolving. You're always growing and you're always kind of just layering in those healthy habits along the way. Because as you know, Kevin, there is no destination with health, right? It is a lifelong journey. So 100%. Yeah, very well spoken. I love that that idea of this being in, an evolving healing journey. And you're absolutely right. These small steps towards getting a little bit better every day. So James Clear that has that 1% better every day sort of a, a philosophy. All right. Well, let's back up a little bit and let's just, let's define autoimmunity. When we say autoimmunity, because that seems to be a pretty popular word these days, what are we talking about? So really autoimmunity in a nutshell is your immune system is there. It's meant to protect you. And autoimmunity is when your immune system starts to attack those healthy cells rather than the bad guys, the foreign invaders, right? And it usually starts in an, some organ of the body or some sy system of the body. And that is really why there you have over a hundred different types of autoimmune diseases because it can literally affect every single part of the body. Yeah. So over a hundred different types of autoimmune, I think listeners might be pretty surprised there. We think of things like rheumatoid arthritis and some of these more common autoimmune things. What are some of the most common ones? I mean, I have to be honest, when both of you named your autoimmune disease, I'd never heard of either one of them. What are some of the most common and what's the prevalence of these? It seems to me that autoimmune disorders are dramatically on the rise. Yes, for sure. Just just to give you an idea, there's they estimate that there's about 50 million uh, Americans living with autoimmune disease. And to put that into perspective, there's about um, just under 17 million people who are living with some sort of cancer or some history of cancer. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and some of the common uh, autoimmune conditions that people may have heard of, you threw one out there, the rheumatoid arthritis, lupus has gotten a lot of traction, uh, celiac disease as well, so people that can't have gluten. I mean, if you've gone to most restaurants these days have gluten-free options for people that have celiac disease. And even Alzheimer's now is being reclassified as an autoimmune disease. So mm -hmm. these, at least one of those diseases, I'm assuming, has touched someone in some way because they're so very common. Um, Hashimoto's, yeah, Hashimoto's. Hashimoto's, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 right. But yeah, I've, I've just I can't get over the fact that you said there's a hundred different types. That's yeah. just that's that's some that's cause for alarm here. Now, is is it fair to say that there's been a dramatic increase in autoimmune diseases in say just our generation? Oh yeah, for sure. Yes. 
Yeah. We were, and, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, you know, that 50 million estimate, that is for people who have gotten that diagnosis. Mm-hmm. And right. we have to remember that autoimmune is very complicated. It, it takes a lot of time to get diagnosed, multiple doctors, um, people. And a lot of times I think people just, they start living with these symptoms. They think it's normal. They, they think, well, this is just what my body is doing. And, you know, it takes a long time to get diagnosed. So they, they really say that that number is much higher, which is mm. terrifying. Yeah. Um, and I was going to just Sandra, add, yeah, you want to add yeah, to that? Yeah. So the recent research has shown that people over the age of 50, they, they have seen a 50% increase in autoimmune diagnosis. A lot of it can be, and that's within the last 25 years. So if you think about just people, like Noel said, living with those conditions and just kind of poo-pooing them off. And also in the last 25 years, the food chain supply, the way we grow our food, what's available to us, our environments, all those things, sedentary lifestyle, all of those things can be contributing factors as well as to, to why that that diagnosis is increased in people in our generation. Yeah. So that's you bring up a couple of really good points there. One is that people may not realize that they have this. It, it seems to me that I've I've experienced this in my own life, I imagine most people have, is we have this baseline of our health and we consider that normal because we don't know different, right? If you've had a certain amount of discomfort or pain and that's just your baseline until that's relieved, you don't really know there's a better way, right? And so there, I, I suspect that there, that number you had mentioned, 50 million people, it's, it probably is more than that because that's 50, 50 million diagnoses. And then, Cassandra, you would just started to answer my very next question is why 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 this sudden rise you'd mentioned this deteriorating food supply the sedentary lifestyle or is nutrition and movement going to be the two biggest pieces of the puzzle we're going to obviously we're going to dig deep into this but I'm just kind of curious what are the major what are the big rocks here that are you think are responsible for this dramatic increase yeah, I was going to say it. That's a great question, Kevin. And for us, it's we believe that there's a perfect storm that happens, right? And that is a combination of of different factors, which nutrition, you know, your diet is going to be one, your gut health is going to be another, your lifestyle, your habits, your environment. We know that uh, toxins play a big role. We know that infections play a big role. The list kind of goes on and on. So it's that genetic factor has to be there, but then there's some sort of trigger that happens that flips those genes on that says, okay, now now we're in a autoimmune situation. Gotcha. And when you're talking about a genetic trigger, we're talking about people have a genetic predisposition, right? But that doesn't necessarily infer that you're you know, that you're doomed, you're, you're going to have this autoimmune disorder. It just means that you have that predisposition. And so it's some of these other factors that we do have some control over, right? You had mentioned mm-hmm. gut health and diet and mm-hmm. environment and toxins and movement, and nutrition, right. all these things, right? Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. For, for instance, with my disease, with the GPA, for I'll keep it short because it's a mouthful of a disease name. For me, I have that genetic disposition for GPA, right? And then in my rewinding my life up until when I started to have all of these symptoms, the connection that I can make is that I had a really bad uh, tooth infection right before I started to have all of these um, crazy symptoms. And so I hmm. correlate that, that that infection could have possibly been that trigger. The that triggering that factor. Yeah. On. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and I think we see that kind of play out in some of those twin studies that are out there, right? Mm-hmm. Identical twin studies. So I personally knew a set of identical twins, brothers, and one had celiac and the other one didn't. Mm-hmm. And it all was about the lifestyle, the things they were exposing themselves to once they got heat. And he didn't get um, diagnosed until they were in their late 20s. So up until the point where they went off to different colleges, started living really different lifestyles and eating things, then it kind of manifested itself through those things that he was doing while his brother remained healthy. So, Yeah. Yeah. Those twins, those twin studies are absolutely fascinating. Mm -hmm. Well, let's talk a little bit about healing, arresting, or even reversing these autoimmune diseases. And I suppose that there will be different factors depending on which autoimmune disease maybe you're diagnosed with, but are there some it seems to me there must be, since you said, hey, diet, he- gut health, nutrition, movement, toxins are kind of these big causes. Are there, what steps did you guys personally take, each of you, on your healing journey? And I guess, Noelle, let's start with you. Yeah, great question. So for me, it was really, I started with the diet because once I kind of went down the rabbit hole of autoimmune health, I came across a diet which is known as the Autoimmune Paleo Protocol or AIP for short. And it's basically a paleo type diet with some restrictions for foods that are known to cause inflammatory response. And so I immediately started there and I, I went all in, I was cold, like cold Turkey all in on this diet because I was so desperate to start healing my body. So that's kind of where I started first. And then I started to layer in kind of all of the lifestyle factors, making sure my sleep was optimized, making sure that I was moving my body, detoxing my body, you know, managing my stress, all of those lifestyle factors all kind of came into play. But for me, it was, I was, once I, I, my mindset again for me is huge. And once I made that commitment, I was all in. And I suppose that makes sense, right? If you, if you find yourself violently ill, basically you're chronically ill mm-hmm. and you find something that works and relieves that, uh, that's what I'm trying to do here with this podcast and not so much cure specifically autoimmune disorders, but just all these chronic health conditions, mm-hmm. right? There is an answer to that. And it's, it's unfortunately, it's not as easy as taking a pill or getting an injection. It's it requires th- these kinds of more nuanced lifestyle changes that we're getting ready to talk about. Cassandra, what was your experience on your road to healing like? Yeah, thanks for asking. Mine was a little bit different than hers because by the time I started diving into things, I couldn't eat solid food, so I was mm-hmm. basically drinking all of my meals, and so I couldn't have like a steak or chicken or anything like that. So mine started more with balancing out minerals. So I was taking a lot of supplements. So I was working with someone that was like a supplement whisperer and and a nutritionist. And so they started me off by helping to balance out all the different deficiencies I had because I couldn't absorb anything anyway. And once we started addressing those things through supplementation, We started layering in really high quality foods. So it wasn't even about like eliminating things. It was really about just changing the quality of the food. So grass-fed meats, grass-fed butters, pasture-raised eggs, pasture-raised chickens and turkey and wild-caught fish, all the things, you know, that you would find in their natural environment, organic veggies and produce when possible. And once I started layering those things in, I mean, it was like 
it was like night and day. I just started feeling amazing because I actually was absorbing the nutrients from the food I was able to eat. And I'll never forget the first like full meal I could finish. I ate so much just because (laughs) it was so good and it had been so long since I'd had a meal. I actually made myself sick because I couldn't stop (laughs) eating. Oh my gosh. But it was, yeah, that's how mine started is just with the minerals and the supplementation and then adding in those high quality foods. And it was later that I discovered the AIP diet and I started utilizing that to kind of tamper down some of the other symptoms that I was having. So you both have that in common. It sounds like you both found this nutritional kind of cure, for lack of a better word, right? You found if I clean up my diet, if I eat in a specific way, I feel much better. I remember when I had that light bulb moment as well, when I drastically changed my diet and I drastically felt better. And I didn't realize I felt crappy before that. And it was a very eye-opening, life-changing experience for me. Now, for people who aren't familiar, and I'm not familiar with autoimmune paleo, I, I do have pretty good familiarity with it. just paleo. What, what does that diet look like? What does it entail? What is, what is left out and what is put in? You've already given us, I think, some good hints there with the, the grass-fed meats and butters and organics. But what does that look like? Yeah, so the the autoimmune paleo diet is well. First of all, it's not it's not a forever diet. So we consider this diet a more of a therapeutic diet. It's mm-hmm. not meant to be on this restrictive diet forever, but it's long enough to, so that you start to feel better and your symptoms subside. And we help walk people through that kind of reintroduction phase of transitioning out of that diet. But it's basically a very paleo type diet with those restricted foods removed from the diet. So things like eggs, things like dairy, things like nightshades, certain spices, pepper, trying to think of legumes legumes. and and these are all foods that are have been scientifically shown to cause an immune response in the system so that's why they're removed as well as to help the the gut heal with a gut health as well so it's a very very strict diet but strict diet but it's not meant to be like you said something that you do forever this is a therapeutic diet i love the way you described that that Mm -hmm. yeah so and i think that that's one of the things that turns off people who uh, have chronic disease, maybe they're chronically overweight and they think, well, you know, that completely overhauling my lifestyle doesn't sound very attractive to me. Mm-hmm. And I think what people miss in that A is, is the trade-off is clearly, I think, well worth it, but that it's not, it's not that odious, not that bad. I think it you really both is. agree that living a healthy lifestyle is actually pretty enjoyable. That's and right. look, there's no sugar co- coating it. If you're very, very sick, the, that road to getting very, very healthy isn't easy. That is a long, difficult right. journey. Yeah. But right. once you're there, maintaining that is actually enjoyable, much easier. You have the f- food freedom right. that you guys are talking about. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. We kind of we kind of joke with our members of our community because we'll say, you know, take a look at all the, the list of restricted foods. It's very little, right? But then you take a look at the foods that you can eat and that list is very long. And we help people with recipes and cooking and all sorts of things. And honestly, it's it's a delicious way of eating, yeah, in my opinion. Absolutely. <laughs> I have to agree. Right on. All right. Well, bef- I want to dig in and talk a little bit about community. But before we get there, it just seems to me you guys are talking about, we just talked a lot about what you eat and how that has an impact. You guys have talked about the importance of sleep and movement and environmental toxins. We talk about those things all the time on this show. What happens to, in the conventional medicine system, somebody is finally, it's four and a half years, they've been dealing with whatever their symptoms are, and they finally get this diagnosis. It's one of those 100 plus autoimmune disorders. What's likely 
to happen? Are they prescribed meds? I, I think that was probably what you both had that in common. Is is that the typical way that people are being treated if they go to the doctor? That's right. Yes. They're, you're given medication. You may have to do some sort of uh, therapies. For instance, I had to do these chemotherapy um, infusions. Sometimes there's surgery to um, make repairs. And so we, our philosophy is we Rightly Thrive exists to really bridge that gap between allopathic medicine because allopathic medicine, to put it bluntly, saved Cassie and I's lives, mm-hmm. right? If we didn't have it, we wouldn't be here today on talking to you, Kevin. So, you know, we're very grateful for allopathic medicine, but we also we also know that there's much more to it. We have to start looking at people holistically, meaning we have to address the emotional needs as well as the physical and the spiritual needs of individuals to really help them thrive in life and to help start healing their body. But oftentimes with allopathic medicine is that doctors are limited on time. They're limited on resources. The nutrition education that doctors receive is very minimal compared to yeah. the overall picture of medical school. And so people just don't know where to turn. And if they're not someone who is like me, where I'm all in diving into the research and diving into how to heal my body, they're, they feel completely lost. They feel overwhelmed. They don't know where to start. Do I start with nutrition? Do I start with supplements? Mm-hmm. You know, where, where do I turn? And you know, for Cassie and I, that was kind of the light bulb moment that we said, hey, it's time to create this beautiful ecosystem where people can come together and get the support, get the knowledge, get the resources, and all backed by this supportive, uplifting community where someone's there 24 hours a day where they can turn to and ask those questions and get that get that guidance on their path to healing. It's the, it's the community that we wish we would have had yeah, when we were absolutely. going through our journeys. Gotcha. Okay. So I've got to ask, how did, how did you, have you guys known each other for all your lives? You were childhood best friends. How did you guys, where did your, <laughs> where, where, where did your paths intersect? And because you had mentioned yeah. Brightly Thrive and we're going to talk a little bit about that, but how did you guys find each other? Well, we were both working. So we, we both, interestingly enough, followed similar paths. So when we were diagnosed with our autoimmune, of course, we had to heal our own bodies and heal our own health, but we both went back to school. We both became health coaches. We both are certified in numerous different types of certifications and kind of led us on that path. And then our worlds collided within the health and wellness industry because we both started working in, in the wellness industry. And that's how we met. And we shared each other's stories. Mm-hmm. And we just knew that we had like this shared vision of creating this kind of one-stop shop, this virtual GPS for all things autoimmune health and to bring it all together. Because we were, as we were sharing stories, we're like, oh, did you, you know, did you read this book or did you do this <laughs> or, you know, did you that? And content and education is great. I mean, it helps, you know, a person acquire that knowledge, but community really brings it all home because you need someone to support you. You need someone to be there for you and to kind of talk through these things. And that was the big missing piece for us. Yeah. The community specifically. Okay. Well, let's talk a little bit about community because I noticed when I when I was researching you folks for this podcast interview, one of the things that jumped out at me wasn't just a deluge of scientific papers and information. It was all about really, I mean, the main emphasis is this powerful community. You jump into your homepage, it says, welcome to the autoimmunity community. Talk to me a little bit more about the healing power, if that's fair to say it that way, of community and why you created this business specifically. It seems to me, or did you 
create this business specifically to bring these people together in this community? Yeah, absolutely. Community is essential to everything that we do. I mean, it is like at the forefront of every idea that we have, every feature that we want to provide. And the reason being is because when Noelle and I were on our own healing journey, one of the things we looked to and looked for is who else has this condition, right? Who else is dealing with what I'm dealing with? We both have very supportive families, but they don't know what you're going through. And autoimmune disease is dubbed the invisible disease. A lot of times you can't tell that you can't tell someone that someone has the condition because a a lot of it's going on internally, right? And so just to find someone that understood what you were going through, that just, that just seemed like such a, such a light that we needed. And the first place most people go to is Facebook, looking for Facebook support groups, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the problems that we saw with that in, in our own experience is that it is, number one, it's incredibly depressing. The diseases that we have and a lot of the autoimmune diseases out there can be terminal. So you're looking at these Facebook groups and people are dying left and right. And people are having the worst of the worst symptoms manifesting. One of the the symptoms that's synonymous with having the disease that Noel has is a condition called saddle nose. And it's it's a form of um, vasculitis that she has, and it attacks the tissues and the blood vessels in the nose, and it eventually collapses into your face. And so her seeing something like that, she's like, oh my gosh, what, you know, is that what's going to happen to me? And you live in this constant state of fear being submerged in that world. The other problem with those groups, and not just Facebook, just a lot of the groups in general that people, they, they start off creating them with good intentions, but it's the blind leading the blind. Like for my condition, I got in some of these groups and the food advice they gave was atrocious. Drink Kool-Aid and have, you know, popsicles because that's what you can do. And they go down easy. And those were the absolute worst things that I could have been doing for my health. So that is one of the reasons and the biggest reason that we decided to create Brightly Thrive. We wanted people to come to a community that was led by experts that are you know, have all been touched by autoimmunity in some shape or form. We wanted people to feel supported. We wanted them to feel like they could ask questions. We wanted them to um, connect with one another over not just their autoimmune disease, but just about life in general too, right? Because we're all parents or or brothers, sisters, kids. There's something that is central to that human connection. And it is the medicine that people need in order to go through that dark part of their journey. Yeah, we always say that social connection is medicine. And I think a lot of times people forget that. And with autoimmune, like Cassie said, it's very isolating. It's very lonely. And as we mentioned earlier, Kevin, there's over 100 different autoimmune diseases, lupus, Hashimoto's, celiac. None of those names of those diseases tell you what's affected, right? So someone comes up to you and says, well, how you doing? How you feeling? You know, and you start telling them, oh, I was just diagnosed with this Wagner's granulomatosis. And they kind of look at you like, what the heck is that? You know, and you start explaining to them the kind of your journey and the things you're going through. And then before you know it, their eyes are glazed over and they're like, it becomes a biology session, right? Because you're trying to educate them. And that's the moment that you realize, wow, okay, I'm really alone here. Like I'm really alone in this process with being diagnosed with autoimmune disease and not really having someone who understands. And in yes, our family and, and friends are very supportive, but to really be in a like-minded group of people who are kind of walking that similar path, who've been to the hospitals, who've been to the doctors, who've had the testing, all those different 
um, challenges that are kind of behind the scenes that people don't see is really, really empowering. We we aim to really see our members, hear our members, but then also celebrate our members for more than just an autoimmune disease. We are not defined by our diagnosis. And I think that having that empowerment with that like-minded group of community of, of people is really, really powerful. Yeah, I I love all of that. I love the idea of human connection is medicine. We're not defined by our our disease or our diagnosis 100%. So I'm just curious, both of you are, you look very healthy, like I said, and you're obviously pretty young. What what is your outlook? How do you see when you envision the future? And I don't mean next year, I mean, decades from now, are you optimistic? Oh, 100%. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I feel like my best years are still ahead of me. Oh, I love yeah. hearing that. Yeah, that's right up my alley. I, I Look, I'll be 60 in the spring, and I think the same thing. I think my best years are still ahead of me, right? So absolutely love that. I figured I figured I was safe asking that question. <laughs> We're all going to be answered that way. <laughs> yeah, right on. All right. Well, I you guys have – there's this little tag on your website that says – you're leading a movement to reimagine autoimmunity as a guiding light to optimal health and a life worth living. Talk a little bit about what you mean by that, because somebody might think autoimmunity as a guiding light. I don't know about that. It's been a curse for me. Uh, what, what do you mean when you say that? Well, for me personally, it, it hits home for me personally because autoimmune disease, being diagnosed with with my disease was the greatest thing to ever happen for me because it did change the trajectory of my life. And it was kind of that moment that life just took a better turn. And I started to heal myself. I started to kind of clean things up in my life, clean up my diet, all of these different things. And I just had never felt better. And with that, kind of the magic wears off with those around you. And I've kind of been able to help my husband and been able to help my stepkid, friends, things like that. And also it led me to meet Cassie. It led me to go back to school, become a board certified coach, all of these just wonderful things that have come from it. And I think that for us, we really want to show our membership that having an autoimmune diagnosis or having these symptoms can really be the catalyst for a vibrant and healthy and thriving life. And I think oftentimes out there in the health and wellness world or just in the autoimmune space, it can be very doom and gloom. We think of autoimmune, even just the word disease, right, Mm -hmm. has such a stigma to it. And we kind of want to be the the opposite of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Noelle just nailed it. it. Being diagnosed was the turning point of my life, right? And it every symptom tells you something, right? It's it's a secret language that you kind of have to decipher and it tells you where there's imbalances in your body. Mm-hmm. And so when a symptom comes, yeah, it's unpleasant, but I, I want to listen and I want to hear what my body's trying to tell me. And all the good things that just came after being diagnosed, just really turning my life around, caring about what I was putting into my body, caring about what I was feeding my family, you know, addressing the other components of health, like your emotional health, your sleep hygiene, just all the different things that get layered into being a a person that feels like you're living your life optimally. And like Noelle said, it it wears off on family members. They come and they ask you questions because they see you just living such a vibrant life. want to know what you're doing. And for me personally, it really helped because later on down the line, after I had made all of these changes, my son got diagnosed with celiac. And so I was able to help him navigate that journey and do it in a way 
that was probably a heck of a lot more efficient and faster than it would have been had I not had all the knowledge and the training that I had. So we were able to put him into remission within six months of diagnosis. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I absolutely love that. All right. Well, I've got a conjecture question for you. Do you think, given the, I guess, the the pace of technology, let's just say medical technology, technology in general, do you see a way out of this? I mean, we've talked about some of these causes or this just, they're all lifestyle things, right? And we're moving clearly in the wrong direction. We're getting sicker, not healthier. Are you optimistic that, that not just optimistic in your group and with people and, hey, we can affect change in our tribe and our community, but just mankind in general, we're not moving in the right direction now. Do you think we will be, can this be solved by technology or did, has technology caused this? Man, that's a really good question. Yeah. I think it's kind of the double-edged sword. Mm. With technology comes a boatload of information that we didn't have access to a long time ago, right? But sifting through that information is getting a lot harder. So you're just kind of, there's a sea of information out there that you don't know what to trust or what to believe, or, or you're essentially just trying it all to see what works. But again, not having that information, then you're kind of stuck in this lane of doing what your doctor says, right? because they only have that plan because that's what they were trained to do. And there's not really any alternatives. So yeah, I think if it's a, it's like a chicken before the egg kind of Mm -hmm. a situation. I I have seen major, major improvements in this, in this industry because of technology, but then there's also a lot of hindrances too that have to be addressed. And so that's one of the things that kind of health specifically, we want to take that, take the burden away of sifting through all of the crap that's out there and giving you the really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. It, and I'm kind of with you. I, I, it seems to me that, that technology's outpaced our human bio, biological evolutionary capacity to adapt, right? I mean, we have, we no longer need to work, most of us, manual labor. So there's a lot of movement. Now this sedentary, we have more entertainment options than ever. So it, which includes us for most of us being very, again, sedentary, we have all of this hyper palatable, delicious, ultra processed food, food-like substances that we're eating. And medicine is trying desperately to fix these things, but it's just masking symptoms, let's face it. And I'm just curious if it, it is the future a utopian health future or is it a dystopian health future? I, obviously, I don't know the answer to that, but just kind of an interesting thought exercise as we, as we look at, I mean, I, I would suspect that your community is just going to grow and grow and grow because the population of people, you know, that are suffering from autoimmunity disorders are growing exponentially. All right. Well, at any rate, let's shift gears here a little bit away from just science fiction back into reality a little bit. So somebody listening to this, let's say somebody who's recently been diagnosed with an autoimmune disorder and is feeling a little helpless. They're feeling a little resigned they're probably taking probably whatever the doctor told them to do some sort of meds or something. What, what do you say to that person? What's, how do you talk to somebody like that? Who's still a very early version of you basically. Well, I would say come join Brightly Thrive autoimmunity <laughs> community first and foremost, because we're going to wrap you up in all kinds of support. We're going to, you know, empower you. We're going to 
be that kind of those guides on the side that are going to help walk that path with you, help you navigate all the knowledge that's out there. Like Cassie said, there's there's information coming at us at rapid speed and it's a lot to keep up with. And I think that people just need the support. They need the guidance and they need someone there that they can just lean on. So I would say to them, join Brightly Thrive. But number two, stay optimistic. Keep your mindset in a place where a healthy mindset place because Like we mentioned earlier, autoimmunity, we truly believe that that can be that guiding light to that life worth living. And looking back, I I would say, you know, to to not panic, don't panic, Mm -hmm. that there's resources Mm -hmm. out there, there's help available, there's a supportive community such as Brightly Thrive that's going to take you in with open arms and really be there um, for you as you kind of go through this journey. So yeah, I don't know if Cassie has anything to add. Yeah, and I think I think to add to what Noelle said is to don't be afraid to advocate for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're the one experiencing your symptoms mm-hmm. and you're the one that has to live in this body. And so if you aren't able to communicate what you need or what you think is best for you, find someone who can. And that's been just pivotal in a lot of people that have had autoimmune is finding someone who can advocate for them or being able to advocate for themselves. And, you know, it takes it takes courage because you don't want to question your doctor or question your people on that are on your health team, but you're paying them to be on your team. And so you should be able to voice your concerns. You should be able to ask questions about the side effects of the medications you're being put on. You should be able to ask them to research alternative options for you or go research them yourselves and have them be open to what you present them with. And if they're not, not trying to say fire your doctor, but maybe find someone else on your team, your healthcare team, or add someone to your healthcare team that can help you through that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Yeah, I love it. Be your own healthcare advocate, 100%. We talk about that a, a good bit here. Well, as we're wrapping up, what's what's next for you guys? What's next for your business? What are you excited about here in the future? Well, number one, we're excited to launch. So we launch, first things first, we're launching in November. So people can visit our website at brightlythrive.com. They can sign up. They can get on our wait list to be notified for the option to become a founding member of Brightly Thrive. So that's super exciting. And yeah, we, we launch in November. And- yeah. And I think just looking ahead, you know, 1 million lives changed by Brightly Thrive. So we want right to on. create a ripple effect. Mm-hmm. We want that be that through our members, ourselves, our team members, we want to create that ripple effect. And I think that kind of goes back to your question about the technology piece, Kevin, creating that ripple effect, those, those tiny circles of change that people are creating, like the ones you're creating through what you're doing and what we're doing, I think eventually they're all going to kind of overlap, right? Mm -hmm. And um, for me, that's incredibly hopeful and an an incredibly bright uh, future. And moving forward, we would love, love, love to start having some in-person type of Brightly Thrive retreats and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So meeting people, connecting them in person rather than just virtually, that's always really exciting too. Fantastic. I love every last bit of that. Well, so you already mentioned your your website. Is that the best place for people to connect with you? Yes, it is. Brightlythrive.com. Uh, brightlythrive.com. You guys are Brightly Thrive on all the socials as well. Folks, I will drop yep. all of their contact information into the show notes. You guys can find that there. Would Absolutely. Let's see. This show will drop in October. So we'll be, you've got plenty of time to go get on their wait list and be one of the first founding members there and be a part of that community. Really exciting stuff. Well, Noelle and Cassandra, do you have any parting thoughts for us as we wrap up here today? 
Um, geez, I wish I would have thought of something like profound <laughs> to say at the end here. Yeah, but right. I jumping back to that ripple effect, it, that applies to everyone. I mean, we, yeah. we've seen it mm. with our own personal movements in our health journey. And so together we can create larger ripples, but don't be afraid to be the one that kind of shakes things up inside of your own, your own personal mm. space as well. Yeah. Challenge the status quo. Yeah. Amen to that. All right. Well, Noelle and Cassandra, I want to thank you both so much for taking the time to talk to us, come on the show, share your story, be vulnerable with us, share all your knowledge, your enthusiasm, your passion. Love the work you guys are doing and just encourage you to keep up the great work. The world needs more of this. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kevin. Appreciate the experience. Okay, that's our show for today, folks. If you've enjoyed this podcast, I want to let you know that we have other free resources over at thesilveredgefree.com. There you'll find our free guides with our top tips on nutrition, exercise, and healthy lifestyle to assist you in your weight loss and fitness journey. So please feel free to head over there and download anything that looks useful to you. I'll put links to everything we talked about in the show notes, and you folks can find those over at silveredgefitness.com slash 234. As we wrap up our time together today, you can show your support for this show in two important ways. The first is to tell a friend about this podcast and encourage them to give it a listen. The second is for you YouTube folks to click the like and subscribe buttons and for you podcast folks to please give this podcast a five-star review on whatever platform you listen to podcasts on and be sure to subscribe and follow so you don't miss any future episodes. I really appreciate you spending your time with me today. And until next time, stay strong. Oh, 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 oh,